welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. In America this week, we honor the men and women who have given the ultimate sacrifice by fighting in battles all around this world to keep our citizens free. Sometimes we forget that ours is an all-volunteer military. We have no draft. We train our brave ones to kill the enemy so you and I can know that our existence in the United States is a safe one. Around the world, most countries build their military to also keep their citizens safe and free. And still, in other areas of the world, the military is something to fear because the citizens aren't sure whom they can trust. Today I'd like to remember those in the military whom we loved and who were taken much too soon. Either they died in battle or while in service to their countries in other ways. Wherever they were in this world defending their countrymen, there were mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, wives and husbands, sons and daughters, fiancés, girlfriends and boyfriends, and many other relatives who loved them and now miss them and all that would have been experienced with them in the future. All the unfulfilled plans. All the things that just won't be lived and enjoyed together with the special people in their lives. Yes, it is important to not only remember those killed, and their very close family, but the first-hand and second-hand survivors who are grieving as a result of those deaths. If you consider any one person's passing could have upward of 200 to 300 people who loved and cherished them, it is a staggering number of people who remember them today. Just think of their family members their friends, their neighbors, their military buddies, classmates, teammates, business colleagues, people they knew from church, synagogue, social circles, and all kinds of clubs. And what about their parents and siblings' friends who knew them? They are also affected. When a loved one is killed in action, the fear that was tucked inside each family member and friend's hearts since they enlisted becomes reality. All the hopes, wishes, prayers, and best thoughts went with that man and woman, usually overseas, to another country, into battle with an enemy that you and I couldn't imagine. 
We sent them off to war and everything we dreaded has come to pass. A knock on the door, two military representatives, and you knew he wasn't coming home to you. She wasn't coming home to you. At least not to share your life. Instead, they would be coming home to you in a flag-draped casket, flown home from far, far away. And you would never hug them again, kiss them again, build a new life together, the one you dreamt of. Maybe get married as planned, have children together, raise your family together, maybe even have more children together. But some may not even have their body to bury, depending on how they died. Additionally, the survivors' lives are now forever changed. Often they need to leave where their military wives or husbands were based out of. And uprooting a family is never anticipated or easy. A good deal of resentment takes place. The children don't necessarily understand why they must leave their friends, their neighborhood, their home. The surviving partner is now left to raise the family alone. Create income for them. Create a new home, often in a new location. And all this happens very quickly. The children might need to go to a different school, make new friends, all the while grieving for the parent that will not be coming home. And also, what about the parents and the siblings of the soldier? If the soldier was unmarried, they will be the ones receiving the visit from the death notification team. All their dreams for their son or daughter, sister or brother are now dashed. The visions of them getting married, having a wonderful career in or out of the military, seeing grandchildren from them. That's now all over, never to be returned again. They think about all the memories they would have made with their child and how all of that will not happen now. And what about the fiancés, the girlfriends, boyfriends, who had deep relationships, often for many years, but because they technically were not married, the military will visit with the next of kin, usually the soldier's parents. They might have had a home together, a car together, and a long-term relationship, but the death benefits will go to the parents. Even though they aren't married, it doesn't mean that their pain and grief are any less real than another person who has a family label. Remember how I say it isn't the label, but the relationship that is important in the grieving process. We must also consider the buddies of those who have died those who knew the soldier directly through service and combat missions. They may have served for several years and many deployments together. They relied on each other when times were tough, and they missed their loved ones back home. For these surviving soldiers, the additional issue of survivor's guilt can set in. Why me? And not them. 
Why now and not later? What could I have done differently? What if I had been there with them? What if, what if? It is a question that cannot be satisfactorily answered and must be worked through until the revelation sinks in that nothing can change what happened. Additionally, prolonged deployments overseas only delay the grieving process. There is little time to consider what has happened because so much is going on and there is so much danger surrounding them every day. Wisdom says we must help these brave men and women achieve mental stability. Yes, it is only natural that we repair their physical bodies, but we must treat their mental symptoms as well. Seeing multiple deaths during repeated tours overseas is something that stays with you. It is not easily released. And when someone returns to the home they once knew, they are changed. And they need time to acclimate themselves to their old lives. But one thing is certain. They are different now. They have seen too much and are not the same. How could they be? They've traded a machine gun for a laptop. I can't even imagine how that's done. Also, another aspect of grief touches the secondhand survivors, who are the family members of these surviving military buddies who will come home grieving their fellow soldiers' deaths in combat. And their immediate family members here in the U.S. are scrambling how best to help them through this grief, not to mention their need to adjust themselves into society back here once again. So just look at all the folks who are touched, some quite significantly, by the death of just one military service member their grandparents, their parents siblings, spouses, fiancés, girlfriends or boyfriends, children, military buddies, and the families of those military buddies, their neighbors, classmates, teammates, business partners, business colleagues, friends at church, synagogue, and so much more. And interestingly enough, have you ever watched videos of dogs who jumped with joy when their masters came back from war many months later? If you haven't, it's an exciting sight to see because you can just feel the pet's delight, especially when you can just imagine their thinking that their owner had either abandoned them or was never coming home again. Dogs especially live for the time when we arrive back home after being gone all day. But in the case of when a service member is killed, the dog feels it too. In August 2011, I wrote a blog about this after a crash which killed 30 of our elite military service members. It took a few weeks for the bodies of these dedicated men to come back to their families for burial. And at one memorable funeral, 
a devoted canine, a beautiful black Labrador retriever named Hawkeye, mourned his master, Navy SEAL John Tummelson, who was originally from Rockford, Iowa. When Scott Nichols, a dear friend of John's, rose to give his eulogy, Hawkeye followed him up to the casket. And with a huge sigh, this precious dog laid at the foot of the casket and didn't move. He knew exactly what was going on. He was in shock and understood that his master was dead. He stayed there to protect him for the last time. There are people who believe that animals cannot or do not grieve the death of their owners, and this is proof that this theory is untrue. Like people, animals are devoted to those they love and who care for and about them. We feel this intense bond with our pets, so what would give us any idea that they don't feel this bond with us? Beyond protecting us, loyalty is a pet's greatest gift to us. He is there whenever we are hurting, either physically or emotionally. He is the one who soothes us when no one else will. He is the one who greets us when no one else is around. He is the one who worries about us and sits near us when we're sad, alone, hurt, disappointed. He knows how we feel and does whatever he can to make us feel better. For this lovely dog, the tables were now turned. He was the sorrowful one. And like humans, I'm sure it took him some time to adjust to his loss. And like humans, he went through depression, perhaps not eating, laying around more than usual, and even not willing to play or participate in activities he may have in the past. He also needed his time to be alone and sad, just like the rest of us. He lost an amazing master, and he felt the grief all around him too. The pain associated with losing someone is not exclusive to humans. Pets grieve too, and even though they can't communicate their sorrow in words, it is evident through their actions. First, I'd like to address the grief of the spouse, parents, siblings, grandparents, children, other relatives, other family members, friends, and loved ones of a man or woman killed in the line of duty. Your loved one gave the ultimate sacrifice, and every citizen owes you a sincere thank you for enduring the pain you feel now, for the good of our citizens' safety. As you may have heard me say in previous episodes, the very best help you can reach for during your grieving process is an individual who has gone through the exact same type of loss that you have. And if you are grieving the loss of a member of the military, there are very specific organizations which you might like to connect with to help you on this journey. I remember back in 1994, I was working on my first book, 
actually it was a directory called the National Directory of Bereavement Support Groups and Services. Back then, there was no internet, and I had been serving the bereaved, primarily survivors of homicide victims, for 10 years at that point. There was no way for us to find the bereavement services around the country at that time. The entire book was researched by phone and mail. I was working on our first computer, and somehow it all came together over a nine-month period. It wound up winning the Best New Directory first edition from the Directory Publishers Association in 1995, beating out a new directory by Congressional Quarterly. I was amazed. There was nothing else out there like it, and it was well-received, and so needed. It contained bereavement support groups all around the United States and Canada, annual bereavement conferences, there was a section with articles on many different types of bereavement, and a list of reviewed and recommended books. It had a section for national organizations and then state-by-state, with sections for AIDS and cancer, death of an infant, death of a child, general bereavement, homicide, suicide, pet loss, organ donation, and even widowhood. The reason I'm telling you this is because it was during that time that I first spoke with a woman named Bonnie Carroll, who began the organization known as TAPS after her husband was killed in an Army National Guard helicopter crash in 1992. At that point, there was no assistance for survivors of military service members. If you have not been made aware of TAPS, which stands for Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, then go to the show notes and I'll leave the links for you to connect. They are there to help you. Reach out if you need them. They not only help adults, but they have programs for young ones too. They understand the needs of those who do not have the proper label. So if you have been affected by the military death of someone you loved, you are welcome to reach out too. We also have organizations like the Gold Star Mothers and Gold Star Families, and also an organization known as Sons and Daughters in Touch, which welcome those whose fathers were killed in the Vietnam War. And I will also put those links in the show notes and also at the end of the blog for episode 25. If you do not live in the United States, perhaps your country has organizations like these which assist families after a military death. Look for those who are going through the same type of grief as you are. You will be better able to connect with them and have someone who will understand what you're going through. As we approach Memorial Day, it's important to realize you may have many emotions on this day that you might not expect. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself the time and tenderness you need now, especially if this is the first Memorial Day since your loved one was killed, realizing that everything you're feeling is natural and normal. There might be emotions that are new to you. Others are coming back again. You might be reliving the notification, 
You might be reliving your reaction. You've been through a lot since then, and you might have had to rebuild a completely new life more quickly than you would have preferred, even raising children alone. Or you might be mourning your son or daughter and all the moments you aren't enjoying with them, and you might be feeling cheated of your future together. And if you are a service member grieving the loss of one or more of your buddies, you too are not alone. While I am not a doctor, I have personally found great relief from something called homeopathy. If you are struggling, please reach out to a CCH, which are the initials of a classical homeopath who treats the entire person, both physically and mentally, with remedies. And while the visit may not be covered by traditional insurance, for me, the results I found were well worth the expense. Many homeopathic doctors are available online if you aren't geographically close to them. I want you mentally strong so you can enjoy a good life with your family and friends. So at this time of year, we honor the memory of your special loved one. We appreciate the sacrifices you and your entire family have made and the ultimate sacrifice they gave us so our nation can remain free. Bless all who have endured such great sorrow. May they always know that we, the citizens, are eternally grateful. So now, let's get up. Dance with the music and enjoy it. If you're in the car, wiggle in your seat. Move your body, feel it, sway with it. And I know you're probably still thinking I'm a little wacky. But so what? joining me today. Remember to write five things in your journal each evening that you are grateful for. Visit my website, marymac.info, for your free book. And please rate and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.